Hi, everyone, and good morning, and welcome to Hot Off the Mess. I'm your host, Samantha Bush, and I am here to just welcome us all into the weekend. I am ready. I'm a few days out from my official move-in date. I feel like I've been talking about this for an eternity, but it's only been like two weeks. It just feels a lot longer than that. We have a lot, a lot to get into today. I mean, we have Summer House. I'm not going to cover the episode. I covered that earlier this week. But just the seating chart, I have lots of thoughts about that. Um, also, Real Houses in New Jersey. And of course, we're going to go scene by scene through Vanderpump Rules because I'm looking at my notes here and I have a lot I want to talk about. And I and I had to break it up by like scene what scene we're going by, if that makes sense. Like first Katie and Lala, then Tom and Tom, and then LBP and Katie and Ariana, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, you guys get the gist. But before we get into Bravo, I just want to talk about the Kardashian trailer. So a few weeks ago, the Kardashians put out a trailer for their new season, season three of their show, The Kardashians, that's on Hulu. And it flopped. No one was talking about it. It didn't make a ripple in the sea of pop culture news. Like no one cared. It was so boring. It you you were you kind of felt like, OK, what are they even going to be talking about? Um because they didn't really get into it like it it was super super strange like they didn't even allude to like okay we're going to talk about Kim and Pete's breakup or we're going to talk about Tristan or we're going to it was so fucking lackluster then yesterday they drop a trailer that sucked me right back in I've been you know saying frequently that the Kardashians are in their flop era and while I think that that is true I also think that they knew what they were doing with this trailer because it is good okay so first of all we get kim versus courtney so there's been rumors going around that kim and courtney are not speaking or they weren't um i know that kim did attend courtney's birthday party and courtney made her hold a little card that said like i'm sorry for all the things that i ever said bad about my sister which made me lol but she they they weren't speaking and no one really knew why. Like we've we've seen their relationship kind of take a downward turn for sure. I mean, we all remember when Courtney rocked the shit out of Kim's bob against the wall, remember? And Chloe had to like go back and like clean it up with like a magic eraser. Well, ever since then things have been a little weird, especially because, you know, Courtney's now in this relationship with Travis. Kim and Kanye are obviously getting divorced and he's going absolutely fucking crazy and um yeah I mean I just just too much to unpack with that and I would really rather not talk about him but so this trailer you kind of get more insight into what's really going on with them you know and I can't wait I can't fucking wait so him did a Dolce and Gabbana campaign around the same time that um Courtney was getting married and they did all of Courtney's like dresses veils I believe they even outfitted um I could be wrong but I believe that they also did like Travis's tux and stuff like they just did everything for her wedding it was basically like a spawn con of Dolce and Gabbana for her wedding and I remember when Kim did the campaign I do remember thinking like oh like this whole family is doing that. It just felt a little weird. So it comes out that Courtney feels like her sister used her wedding as a business opportunity. 
and she's livid. According to Chloe, you know, Kylie and Kendall are getting involved. They're saying they see both sides of the of the coin. And um, I'm excited to see that because it just looks really good because Kim's like, I don't know why she would ever think that I would do that. And Courtney's like, no, this is who she is. Like, remember when Ariana looked at Jackson was like, this is who that person is. It's like, that is exactly what Courtney is saying about Kim. Also, I remember, you know, a few months back when uh chloe was walking around with a big bandage on her face and everyone was saying oh my god they're speculating about um you know plastic surgery well it turns out that it was melanoma and it looked really bad i mean that sutures like she had a whole gash on her face with big stitches i was like damn damn that oh that looked painful and so i mean i hope she's okay now um, but wow. And I, I like that the, you know, her family is talking about like, you know, we're concerned about her. She's, she doesn't look good. She's very, very thin right now. Like think something's going on with Chloe. Now she has melanoma. And then I'm very, very intrigued by Kylie talking about how she wishes that she never did anything to her face. And she's like, cause I look at my daughter and I, they, I don't ever want her to touch her face. And I just, I feel like this is what we needed from them is we needed a more like as real as they could give us, um, you know, what's going on in their lives. I mean, they are the Kardashians after all. So it's going to be a little manipulated, but I don't know. I'm excited. I will be watching. I believe it premieres May 15th. I want to say so May's a big month, you know, selling Sunset, the Kardashians, uh, the Ultimatum, Queer Love on Netflix. There's a lot coming, a lot coming. Also, I mean, the Met Gala is Monday. So if you guys do not follow Christine Bianca Villa, I have to ask you, what are you fucking doing? You need to be following her. She's incredible. I She's so fucking funny. She has the cutest dog, Pippa, and she um, she's really into fashion. She works for Bagari. I probably butchered that, but it is what it is. And she, like, loves to cover the Met Gala, so you guys have, have to follow her because she also knows, like, all the past looks, and it's she's a really, really fun follow, and she's also been on this podcast, and I believe she's actually coming on next week, so <laughs> must follow. Anyway... I want to get into the summer house seating chart because that just came out yesterday. And I have so many thoughts. So let me start from Andy, who's in the middle, and then I'll work my way to the right. So it goes Andy, Kyle, Amanda, Danielle, Sierra, Paige, and Maya. Shockingly, I don't understand why Maya is there. She hasn't been on several episodes. She has given us nothing. The only thing that she gave us this season was that horrible moment with Sam where she told her that she talked too much. I am still so mad about that. I think it is so fucking mean, especially because it's like you've only been on the show for one season. I don't know who the fuck you think you are, cookie lady. But I felt really bad for Sam in that moment. And then we'll start at Andy again and we'll go to the left. So then it's Lindsay, Carl, Gabby, Corey, Sam, and then Chris. How the fuck did Corey make it to the middle? How did he make it ahead of Sam? I'm just, I'm so shocked by this. When I saw it, I I literally rubbed my eyes. I was like, wait, am I seeing things? 
But overall, the seating chart doesn't really surprise me. I mean, Paige being on the end, basically. I mean, she really hasn't done much this season. I mean, I enjoy like her and Sierra's little commentary, you know, but I don't know what else she has really given us the I mean the only people that really give us anything on this show is like the OGs which is Lindsay Carl Kyle Amanda and Danielle I do enjoy Gabby I do enjoy Sam as you guys know during my last like my previous episode this week I enjoy Corey Chris I mean uh, the thing is about this show is I do think that we have to give people another chance maybe because I feel like it's a really intimidating situation to come into. And, you know, I mean, maybe he'll perform better next season. I don't know. I don't know. And I do. I've heard um, Amanda go on Chicks in the Office and she said she was like, guys, for some reason, always back out of doing our show. Like they sign on and then she's like, it's always been really, really hard to cast men on our show. And I find that really interesting. I kind of want to know why. I kind of want to dig into why. But I'm a little pissed that Danielle isn't first chair, but Kyle is like the mayor of Summer House. So it does make sense that he is first chair next to Andy. Um, Lindsay, of course, first chair again, because she is the center of the universe for all of these people. They can't stop fucking talking about her. And um, yeah. Also, I want to talk about how... Um, I Sorry, I like blacked out. Avery and Ramona started a podcast called Turtle Time with Ramona and Avery Singer. And there's a clip going around, you guys. And it is so insane. It it was making me laugh so hard because Avery is trying to get her mom to apologize to her for basically calling her like a jobless loser because she keeps saying like being fired and being laid off, they're two different things. And like, you have to stop saying that what we went through is the same thing because like what we went through is not the same thing. And she goes, mom, you're hurting my feelings. Like she was basically like, you have to stop. And it just was very funny listening to a little Ramona talk to the bigger Ramona. You know, it's like little Edie Big Edie with those two. It really is. Um, But like more diabolical, (laughs) like not as whimsical, um, more intense. So then this is kind of random but I wanted to talk about it because I just find it interesting that she still talks about housewives as Carol Radswell did an interview um for the mountains magazine um you know and I do love Carol but you know I don't know it's the mountains come on be serious so she says that my one little regret is I did make myself smaller to be on the show. Um, did she? She said that she avoided worldly topics to fit in with the women. I think I would have been considered much more formidable, but in the end, I didn't want to show off, is what she said. Um, I don't think she made herself small. I mean, if that is how she feels, then okay, but... I didn't necessarily get that feeling. I think she wants to make Housewives something different than what it is. And um, I also think she was on at a strange time um, because obviously the Trump presidency was not um, 
you know, it was kind of a nightmare. Not kind of. It really was. I was downplaying that because it's like too depressing to talk about. Um, But anyway, let's get into New Jersey because the girls are still in Ireland. And I feel like we've been in Ireland for a decade. And honestly, where to begin? Where to begin? We meet Polly's mom and I'm obsessed. I'm like, I get, I get it. Like at first, like when I first started seeing pictures of Polly on the internet, I will tell you, I did judge a book by its cover. I did. I'm not proud of it, but I did. And I was like, who the fuck is this guy? He just looks like an Irish version of Frank. Like she clearly has a type. And David was, you always have that guy or that person that you date that is the complete physical opposite of everybody you've ever dated and because you're like let me try something new like maybe you know what was working for me or what I was doing before wasn't working for me so let me try something completely different and that is exactly what she did but Dolores you guys she's glowing with Polly in her life glowing she's happy she's so in love she's really she's really like softened you know in a way that I just I I'm so thrilled for her because I feel like she's kind of been you know not white knuckling it through life a little bit but she's definitely been um you know going through some challenges with Frank I feel like that was a really hard thing and she always had to be the strong one she always had to be the one holding everyone down and I feel like for once in her life Polly's like babe I got you I got you babe don't worry you can stay here in my in my uh what is it? He doesn't live in a duplex. A condo? Townhouse? I don't know. It was really big. Is it a house? Is it connected? I don't know. I couldn't I couldn't get a good read, but I do actually like the house. I didn't before, as you know, with my episode with Gracie a few weeks back. I really was like, this is a glass, a glass palace. And I really didn't enjoy it. But then I got to see the outside the outside with like the patio and everything. And I was like, okay, okay, I can see it. But we meet his mom, we meet his sisters. And they're just adorable. You know, I love that they called her a hussy. Um, I thought it was really funny. And, you know, you can just tell that Dolores is just the warm, loving daughter-in-law that they'll be so lucky to have. Then Jennifer Eden decides to plan a little trip, a little bachelorette trip to a farm, a hen party, She she's calling it. And um, it's, you know... It's interesting. I don't think it's exactly what I would want to do. But then again, I'm not in New Jersey. And so they go to this hen party. They have to like catch these hens. It's like silly and goofy and fun. Teresa picks Melissa to go do it with her, which I was like, okay, like that's great. And they go to this wall. And I thought this was actually really weird. So they go to this wall and this man is telling them, okay, we're going to paint a picture a timeline of Teresa's life. I'm like, what kind of farm is this? It was so weird. I just feel like no one's talking about how weird this is. And I just feel crazy because I don't know. It, at my at my bachelorette trip on the last day of my vacation, do I want to be on a farm, you know, finger painting? Not really. Not really. But hey, it was something different to do. It is what it is. And it really kind of broke my heart when Teresa kind of broke down. 
and looked at the girls and she was like, please don't paint anything with bars. Like, I don't, please don't paint anything about prison. She's like, that was such a hard time in my life. And like, I just don't want to acknowledge it. And, you know, then she walks away as they're painting. And this man, this sweet Irish man brings her over a puppy to comfort her. And I was like, that is so beautiful. I was like, I wish whenever I was upset, someone would bring me like a little puppy or a kitten or a duckling, like something. I don't know. I thought that was really, really sweet, considering that this is a very, I think, strange activity. Um, Then we get to the painting and the girls are painting and Jennifer Aiden has painted what she thinks is a masterpiece. And I got to tell you, out of all of the paintings, it is definitely the best. It's definitely the most inspired. Um, But it's it's strange to have a group of women who half of them have only known you for literally two years, less than that, um, paint a story about your life. So I'm glad that Melissa took the first the first step where it was like, I'm painting about your family. I'm painting about where you come from. And Melissa started breaking down. She started breaking down. And Teresa broke down and they were hugging. And Melissa, you hear her go. She's like, I love your family. I really love them. And they hugged. And I was like, why can't we have this all the time? Like, why? What the fuck is stopping them? And it's like, it's themselves. It's everything. They're so far gone. It's so it's sad to watch. But, you know, oh, it just broke my heart because, you know, Melissa has been married to Joe for like 20 years. And that's something that I I think people, especially those on Twitter, who I see a lot, tend to forget. Like, they like to throw, put up throwback videos of like things Melissa said to Teresa that contradict what she says now. And I'm like, that was 13 years ago. 13 years. Do you know how much has fucking happened in that span of time? So much. Teresa's been to prison. Her husband's been deported. She's lost both her parents. Melissa was called a stripper and a prostitute. Um, She was told that she cheated on Joe. She was called a horsey face, raccoon face. Like she, you know, Joe and Joe got into a physical altercation where Joe got his black hair spray all over everybody and, and no one understood where it came from. That was a classic moment. And I'm just like, can we not bring up random fucking footage from 2009, please? It just doesn't make any fucking sense. And it's like the tree huggers. Like, I'm sorry if you're listening. I understand. I don't hate Teresa. I don't. I don't really enjoy her like loud fucking fan base because they they're so dense. I'm sorry. That's how I feel. And it's just painful to like see these people try to like manipulate and twist it's like why aren't we like letting any of that go like that's like we've moved on from that they've like let's let's try to let them move on from that and by bringing up like oh this is what melissa said episode two of season three it's like what the fuck like it it's so weird i i just don't get it i just don't get it i feel like this is just a fraught relationship And Chris Lewis brought something to my attention this week. He really explained it perfectly. And he said that he realized something in this episode that he's kind of felt all along, but he but he's really grasping it now. And I think it's such a good point is that 
Teresa and Joe were raised to only care about each other. That's it. That's the only thing that mattered. Because when you remember Nono and Rosie and Kathy's mom, they did not speak ever again. Like they had no relationship because remember there was like a deal that had gone bad. I believe it was over $200 at the time. And they they basically just instilled in their kids, Teresa and Joe, like you two are the only people that matter in your life. So then when you add in outside influences like Joe Judice, Melissa, you know, and Melissa, they kind of don't know how to act. They don't know how to bring other people in even though they want the other to bring their significant other in, if that makes sense. Like, Teresa wanted Joe Gorga to welcome Joe Judice. Joe, you know, Joe wanted Teresa to welcome Melissa. They both want the same thing, but they're incapable of doing that. And I find that really sad, you know? And then if you remember, things were going okay after Teresa got out of prison. They weren't fighting. Melissa was riding really hard for Teresa. Teresa, honestly, was defending Melissa. There was a lot of points if you go back and rewatch during those seasons, which I will remind you because I don't want to contradict myself, wasn't 13 years ago. They really were there for each other. And I got to say, when Louie came in the pictures, when things fell apart, and it's because they don't know how to allow other people to come in and be a part of the family. It's very strange um, and sad. So it was just a really great point made by Chris. And then the rest of the paintings, I mean, you know, I felt kind of bad for like Danielle and Rachel because they like don't know her really. So they were like, oh yeah, you you made a skinny Italian uh, book. And then, you know, you, uh, y- you know, you, you were a bestseller and you know it was just like it was so awkward you know and then Rachel Rachel painted that photo of the Bay Boulevard she's like this is where you met Louie I'm like oh god they were probably struggling with what the fuck to paint to be honest um and I just I don't know I felt sad for for Melissa and Teresa because you can just kind of tell that they're just really done with one another. They don't, there doesn't even seem to be a lot of energy behind the fighting. Like after they quote unquote fight, that's it. Like they don't talk about it. No one cares. It's like, it is what it is. We've been doing this for 20 years. Let's move on. Like they just like move on like the breeze. They just don't give a fuck. And as nice as that is, it is sad because it's just, you know, where they are now. And like Andy said, there was so much genuine hate for one another and dislike at the reunion that it's like, there's no going back. Dolores has said there's no going back. Margaret, everybody is like, they're never, ever reuniting. And I kind of wish that we could just fast forward to the wedding because I do want to see how all of that plays out. Um, and I was on the Mention It All podcast with Dylan Hafer this week talking about Jersey and it's in what I really enjoy about this season is that it's not very Teresa and Melissa focused. Like you see the stuff happening and you, you know, you see the fights and whatever, but it doesn't feel as heavy as it did before. It didn't, you know, swallow the, you know, the room whole um, like it used to. And now that we have a lot of new blood, you know, we have Danielle, we have Rachel, we have Jennifer Fessler, 
Um, and then you also have like the Margaret and Je- uh, Jennifer stuff. Like it's a lot going on that kind of takes over, and that's new dynamics that I'm really, really into. Um, there's a scene with Danielle and her husband, and I have so many questions about it. I don't understand. So I like Danielle a lot. I think she's a great housewife. But I have just one thing that I don't get. She's on the phone with her husband and she's she's crying this whole episode. Okay, like she's crying about her brother. She's like, oh, this just reminds me of my brother. Just do this. Like you guys don't want it to get too far gone. I'm like, sweetie, this has been going on for 20 fucking years. This isn't a fight over Instagram. This is like deep seated, deep rooted shit. Okay, And she's like, you guys just don't want it to get too far. I'm like, oh, God, you're so not not understanding what's happening and then she says to her brother or her boy her oh my god her brother her boyfriend she said her husband she was like this has been the worst trip they've been attacking me this has been the worst trip sweetie sweetie this has probably been the best housewife's trip in the sense that there's been really nothing happening in like a horrible sense like you know what I mean? Like nothing that bad has happened. And also no one has attacked you yet. No one. She she constantly feels attacked and she constantly feels on the defense. And I feel like she's got to kind of chill with that um, because they're not attacking her. Like people asking you questions about your life that you're putting out there on national television is not attacking you. It's not. It's questions. Getting to know you. Trying to understand um, I don't know. It it was weird the way she was talking to her husband about how this is the worst trip and she feels so attacked. And I, I'm like, no one's even like saying anything to you. I mean, they do at the end. You know, she's like, everyone's been so awful to me. I'm like, girl, please. Like, if you're going to be on Housewives, you better buckle the fuck up, honey. Then we learn that Teresa and Louie asked bill to be in the wedding and if you don't think that that is fucking crazy i can't even relate to you i can't talk to you it is so nuts to not have melissa to not have her kids to not invite her donna marco and you're gonna ask bill fucking aiden two weeks before your wedding to be in it because you feel like he's been there for you get fucking wrecked it doesn't make any sense at all and I love that Melissa just like that's so stupid like she doesn't even have words because she just knows that it's the dumbest the dumbest thing and she's just like yeah uh, okay because then you know Teresa did at one point this episode be like well do you want to be in the wedding and Melissa's like no not really like no like this is weird this is weird this isn't real this is really fucking weird And asking Bill to be in the wedding is just so fake and phony. I, I, I hated that. Um, Then we get to the dinner, the last dinner, and Rachel and Danielle start to kind of go at it because we do remember Danielle did call Rachel a rat, which apparently is the worst thing you can call someone in Jersey. And Rachel is kind of a formidable opponent. She kind of as a go with the flow like I take it easy I don't like to get too you know into shit 
But when you go up against her, like she will come for you. And she's just like speaking her truth in Daniela's calm the fuck down. And it's like she's she's not being not she's not calm, but she's also not being insane, you know, and Margaret is just like so disgusted by the way that Danielle is talking because Danielle's just like lost it. Danielle lost her mind. Then Margaret says something that isn't very nice. And she just like, this is why you will have problems with your family for the rest of your life is because you do not forgive and you do not forget. If you cannot forget and you just keep rehashing the old shit over and over and bringing the shit back up, you'll never move forward. And while I do understand that sentiment, the delivery was horrible, okay? Horrible. But that's also not shocking because Margaret has a history of poor delivery. Um, You know, it wasn't nice. Everyone said, oh my God, that's not nice. But I, I, out of the history and the of all of the things that these women have said to each other, I definitely don't think that that's the worst. Um, overall, I, I am enjoying the season of Jersey. I'm excited to see, you know, the finale. I know the reunion was just filmed. Um, you know, I don't know. I, I'm excited for that. Um, but I'm also kind of ready to, like, see how we all move forward in a way, like, who's coming back who's not coming back people you know people will really want melissa gone people want Teresa gone i personally don't think those two are going anywhere um i just think their relationship moving forward is just gonna be one of acquaintances you know but okay let's get into why we're really here let's talk vander pump okay sorry i just have had to stretch for a second because this is a big episode. Wow. Let's just start with the scene with Katie and Lala. I find these two to be a funny pairing because they're both very um, blunt, very alpha, very, um, they're just like a, they're just an interesting, it's an interesting duo for sure. And um, they start talking about Raquel and they start talking about Tom. And Katie was like, yeah, I straight up looked at Tom and was like, why did you, why were you out dancing with Raquel till one in the morning at the Abbey? And hang on, Barb is going crazy. Hi. Um, if you can hear her, I'm sorry. It's Soundscapes brought to you by Hot Up The Mess. Um, and, you know, Lala was like, that is really weird. It's a weird thing because Katie's like, I've been friends with Tom for years, a decade plus, and I've never gone out dancing with Tom. And it's just like, it's weird. You can kind of see them all start to really think about this Raquel situation. And then we get to the Tom and Tom scene that was so fucking calculated, so orchestrated. It felt so set up to me. They're like at this bagel truck. And Tom Schwartz is talking to Tom Sandoval and he's like, yeah, you know, I just like don't feel that spark with Raquel. Like, I mean, she's a really cool girl. Like, I have such appreciation for her. Like, she's so dope. And Tom Sandoval's like, yeah, man, she's so fucking cool. Like, she's the best. Like, she's so awesome. And I'm like, what is going on? And Tom Schwartz looks at him and goes, I think she's a crush on somebody else. 
And at this point, I'm like, doesn't he know that he's that Tom Sandoval has fucked her and made out with her? So why is he saying that? It was so weird. I just I don't know what they thought they were doing with this scene. Um, And Tom starts saying like he feels maybe him and Ariana like aren't right together because he's like, yeah, you know, she's asking me to go like get my sperm checked and do all this stuff with the eggs. And he was like, you know, I, what are we going to do? Like have these kids when we're 50? Like what are we doing? And as much as I feel like this scene was definitely set up for a set up for Sandoval to kind of plant these seeds of unhappiness with Ariana, I will say, and I have defended this in the past and I, and I still stand by it. These two should have broken up a long fucking time ago. I think they should have broken up several seasons ago when she was saying, I do not want to have kids. I do not want to get married. And he was like, but that is something I want. And I wish that like, you know, you wanted to have that with me. And it was like this big, I remember it was like this big storyline. And I remember thinking like, well, then why is she with him then? Because like, I just don't think that that's very fair to be with someone who wants a family and wants to get married and like wants all those things and you don't it's like well then you should probably break up with them and I'm not just putting that on her he also should have broken up with her they clearly were unhappy like I'm sorry like I know that that's not what people maybe I I don't give a fuck actually I'm just gonna say what I want um I just feel like they were really unhappy. I don't think they've had a physical relationship in a very long time. And I'm not excusing what he did at all. But I do get what Tom is saying in the sense where he's like, well, why does she want to make ba- these eggs to just like sit in there? These embryos. For what? Like, we're not, that's not something we really talk about doing. It's, it was, it's strange. And he alluded to that on the Howie, Mand- the Howie Mandel podcast, which I can't believe those I'm even uttering those words like who would have thought Howie Mandel would be involved in any of this. He was like, yeah, it was really weird. Like we went to couples therapy and then, you know, I I mean, listen, you you shouldn't go to couples therapy to break up with someone. You usually go to couples therapy and that's a sign that you want to work on your relationship. And he did say that Ariana like started to come around and they started to get in a better place um and he was like fuck and I'm like okay well that was on you buddy like you should have just broke up with her um instead of doing all of that and you know he he said he's like she brought up like making embryos and I was like what like are we even happy like do you even like me and I kind of understood I'm I know that that's not a popular opinion but I kind of understood that like I, I would be weirded out too I'd be like we don't even like we have two separate lives. And Lala has been saying this for seasons. She's gone on podcast saying, yeah, Lala and Tom, this was before the scandal. She was like, um, Ariana and Tom are the, the fakest of the whole group because they don't show their real relationship. They want you to think it's something else and it's not. And I think we all have to kind of sit with that and really think about that. And as much as like, you know, they, they're both at fault in that in that sense. Not of Ariana's in no way, shape or form at fault for Tom's eight month long affair with her best friend. OK, 
absolutely not be fucking for real but him being like I work on our love I bring her dumpling lattes and she just thinks I'm the biggest fucking idiot like she just thinks I'm the biggest dumbass like she doesn't believe anything I say she doesn't care about anything I say she's always arguing about everything I say and it's like well because she doesn't buy when you're in a relationship you don't have to like co-sign everything that your partner does and says but I do think when you start putting your partner down in public that's where things get a little dicey like I wouldn't like if Danny did that to me if him and I were in public and you know I was acting a certain way or doing something I wouldn't like him to like point that out and like make it worse for me but state of all is a narcissistic monster so it's like I I see I'm trying to see all sides and of course I'm team Ariana I love Ariana but I'm just saying like you know I don't know I'm just trying to comment it from a different perspective okay that's all I'm trying to say then LVP and Katie and Ariana they go to the sandwich shop I can't fucking wait for this place to open I need them to open it immediately because Gracie girl and I will be making a pit stop to LA to go because we love sandwiches and we want to support the girlies so they go and they sit down and they start talking about Oliver and they start talking about you know how everything that happened with Raquel and how he separated LVP was standing the fuck up for Raquel in that moment she was like who gives a shit she's looking at them she's like the hypocrisy that runs through this group she goes no one in this group should say a fucking word about this because all of you have done horrible things to each other all of you have been involved in a cheating scandal in one way or another and it was kind of funny to like see LVP just like blatantly take Raquel's side and Ariana did too she was like yeah like I get what you're saying 100% and Katie was like no she's a whore she's a whore I'm like Jesus Christ Katie I do kind of worry about Ariana and Katie being business partners and I feel like it's not being discussed enough because they they run on they function on two different speeds and maybe that's great for them. I hope that they have like a good boundary and I do think it helps that they're not like I I know that they're close friends. They did just go to Ireland together with Dana, which is like so crazy that Dana is like so in the mix with this friend group, but not on the show. I find that really interesting. And I don't know. It, they just seem to look at things in such a different way that I I worry about that when it comes to business. Um, but maybe that maybe that's what makes a great business partner. What the fuck do I know? Then Tom and the Toms go to the doctor. And Tom Sandoval walks up to this poor woman sitting at the front desk. I've been a front desk girl at a medical office, and it is torture. And this man just walks up to her and he's like, I'm here for my jizz results. Uh, it, hmm. uh, ew, that is so disgusting. You were at a fertility clinic, my dude. Even Schwartz was like, that was really not cool. I mean, I I couldn't believe my eyes or my ears. Jizz results? Jizz results? To this poor woman at the front desk? Oh, my God. Oh, it was just so nasty. I just hated it. I, <laughs> I hated it. So he gets his chest results. The doctor was a strange man, I will say. Um, very nice, very kind, but strange. He probably was like, I don't want to be doing this on camera and talking about your sperm on camera, but here we are. 
And, you know, he's like, come back in two or three months when you, you know, aren't, you know, drinking your life away and doing drugs. And, you know, then Tom calls Ariana, FaceTimes her. And, you know, because she's not she's not in town. Her grandma had passed. She's very sad. And if you guys remember, Jax did say that the night that Ariana found out that her grandma died, Tom was at a party with Raquel and didn't leave to go be with Ariana. That's tough. It's really tough because that's just so fucked up and so sad. And he tells her the results. She seems, you know, she's out of it. She's not, she's not tapped into the, to the world right now. Her grandma had passed. She just lost her dog, Charlotte. Like her dad died a few years ago. Like she just lost a lot of people and my heart just broke for her because I just know what's coming and I love, but what gives me solace is knowing that she is doing okay now. You know what I mean? Like she's thriving. She's glowing. She's going to the White House Correspondence Center. She's getting all these ads and, um, you know, business deals with Bloomingdale's. And she's really, you know, she's doing a movie with Lifetime. Like she's really in her bag right now. And I could not be happier for her. And Tom is going to come out of this. And he's when he comes out of his midlife crisis that he's currently in. And the realization of what the fuck he just did is going to kill him because the thing is, is he's not in love with Raquel. He's not. He's in lust with Raquel. It was it was the fun. It was the excitement. It was the exhilaration he said on Howie, on Howie Mandel's podcast that he felt alive. He felt electrified. Like this person like woke him up from a slumber, you know? And um, that will take anybody on a high. You know, the sneaking around, the feeling like you're in, like, you, you know, you, you're supposed to be together, but it's a rude, it's going to be a rude awakening when the dust settles and no one's around. Your businesses are flopping and he's too narcissistic to really sit with it and apologize and own up to everything that he did. Um, because the the act that he put on on that Howie Mandel podcast was so crazy. Like James said on Watch What Happens at Rock Bottom. Um, you know, he's like, he's wearing all black and he's chain smoking cigarettes. Like, James, we'll get to James in a minute. But, oh, God, he's a, he's a star. He's a goddamn star. Okay? So, someone that's really, really doing it for me is Allie. I was not expecting this. I was not... Like, yeah, I just wasn't expecting Allie to be so great on this show. She brings like a levity to these people that we desperately needed. And she's more, I think, likable than Christina Kelly. Um, She seems to have a little bit more like life in her. And um, not saying that I don't like Christina Kelly because I do, but you guys get what I mean, hopefully. And I just I just enjoy her. I'm really fascinated that she wants to be an astrologer. Like that seems really because when you I don't know, it just didn't seem like that's what she would be doing. But hey, and she's kind of an outsider in all of this. And she's just like, yeah, this is actually really weird. You all are really fucking weird. You know, like she's the first one that's able to really kind of hold the mirror up to everybody and be like this is not normal at all how you guys have been living 
how you guys interact, how you guys all have this incestual relationship with one another is not normal. So Allie tells Sheena about the Abbey and Raquel and um, Tom. And she says, you know, Katie kind of said that they have this weird, like, no rules thing. And Sheena must feel like the dumbest bitch in the world. Because the way that this woman defends Raquel, like, to the death, is so embarrassing. I feel so bad for her. She's like, I would trust her in bed with Brock. I would do this. She's the best. She's would never do that. She is this. These girls are just being mean to her. They're being mean girls. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, oh, no, sweetie. No, no, no. That, um. And Allie's like, I don't know. She's like, I do think it was a little weird. And Allie's like, I think it's weird that you guys would trust people in bed with your significant other. Like, why are you all in bed together? Like, it, it's one of those things where it's just like, what? And Sheena just is so, she's now really just, the more people bring Raquel up to her, the more she just doubles down. And it just is so sad. I just feel so embarrassed for her. Like, that's so embarrassing. When you ride so hard for someone and then they turn out to be a fucking loser. I mean, you saw me up two months ago being like, I'm so attracted to Sandoval. Am I Okay. Do you know how fucking humbling it was for two days later to get the notification that he's been having an eight-month-long affair with Raquel? Like, oh my God, humbling, you know? it Life comes at you fast, I'll tell you. And there's like these really small moments that I love on this show where like you see like a little glimpse into like who someone really is, whether it be good or bad. And there's this moment on the beach because then they're all doing a beach day that James put together. And Brock, you know, Christina Kelly just like walks up and Brock goes, do you want some sunscreen? Do you need some some sunscreen? And I was like, this man is so nice. And I know that that might be like, Sam, he literally left his child in Australia. Like, how dare you even say that he's a nice person? But I do think that he grew from that. And I do think that there's like, um, he's rectifying that situation. But it was just that little moment. Like, it felt like such a dad thing to do. Like, the moment Christina Kelly shows up, he's like, He's like, do you want some sunscreen? She's like, no, I have some on. Thank you. Like, it just was sweet. Then Lala, the Don, Katie, and Satchel, sweet Satchel, show up. And Satchel's wearing socks to the beach. I was sick over this. Still am. Socks to the fucking beach. I mean... It's clear that he's young because there's no way in goddamn hell a millennial raised on rocket power would ever wear socks to the beach because that's a shooby. That's a motherfucking shooby. And he's he, like, he said he's 25. So I'm like, yeah, there's no way this man has ever seen a moment of rocket power because if he, if he did, if he did, he wouldn't be wearing socks to the beach. Satchel just has an interesting energy. And I don't like when people make fun of him because I don't think he's like a bad person. We literally know nothing about him. He said three words and he seems to make Katie very happy. And I don't think they're in like a serious relationship. So it's like, let her have some fun. Also, just keep in mind that Katie does like like kind of strange, unique characters like Tom Schwartz is a strange person. <laughs> like he's not he's not, you know, all that. 
And so Schwartz really looks horrible in this episode. Horrible. Because I think it's just really strange how little he gives a shit about Katie. I think for him to be like, I don't give a fuck who who she sleeps with. I don't care who she has sex with. I don't care what she does. But the fact that my dogs wake up in bed with that man, how could he do that to my dogs? I don't care who she fucks as long as my dogs aren't in the bed. I'm like, that's a really gross thing to say. Like, this was your wife. This was your partner of 12 years. And like, that's how you talk about her? I don't know. Like, it just really rubbed me the wrong way. He's always said shit like that. Like, he's always said, like, I don't care if Katie has sex with someone. It's like, why? Like, you should. It's just weird. It's not an, I mean, he shouldn't care anymore. I'm talking more when they were married and he would cheat on her. Um, And then Sheena brings up the Raquel stuff to Standoval. And it's just very, very reminiscent of how he handled everything with Ariana and Kristen. Because the way that, and Lala said it perfectly, like the way that he talks about um, Raquel is is exactly how he used to talk about Ariana when he was fucking her, when he was dating Kristen. And now, I mean, they'll never, I don't think they'll ever come out and say that they were hooking up and he was cheating on Kristen with Ariana. But I I think we all know that's what was happening. Um and it's just really strange watching him laugh his way out of it, get uncomfortable. And he's and the thing with Tom, and this is his MO, is he likes to cheat in plain sight so that if someone asks about it, he can be like, well, we know everyone there. Why would I cheat on someone where we know everybody? Why would I go where everyone is? And it's like, oh, OK, like, yeah, you know, what do you say to that? Like, because it does if someone were to say that to you and you they've been your friend for a long time, like you would just believe them. Then we get into the James versus the Tom Schwartz. And Schwartz makes a comment. So James is really excited. He's um, DJing the Imagine Festival. Really big deal. He's very excited. He's worked very hard to get here. And he goes, yeah, it's probably bigger than Richella. And James just fucking loses it. And as he should like he's so hurt by Tom like so so hurt by him and hurt by the making out with Raquel and the the picking Raquel over him and then to make this comment and try to equate like the biggest moment in his life with like a moment that you know he did propose to someone and he did want to share his life with someone and it didn't work out and there's a breakup there And when James says, I could make a joke about your life, but I don't. And then he just goes in and he calls it Poop Hole Village. I'm going to let everyone sit with that for a sec. Poop Hole Village. That's tough. You know, that's a tough thing to hear. It's not wrong. Poop Hole Village. And then he throws a drink on Tom. And Allie's just disgusted. Allie's like, this is not how a human being acts. What is going on? He's so fucking embarrassing. Lala stands up for the stands up for him and he's like if you and Ariana broke up I don't think you would like it if like Ariana was making out with one of your friends like this isn't a crazy concept and he's just like if Ariana and I broke up I don't think I would care if she like made out with Schwartz I'm like what is wrong with you you should care that is something you should care about like I don't get why they don't care it doesn't make any sense 
and they just start going back and forth and they start all fighting and everyone's it's chaos under this beach tent and they're all in these towels. I mean, it's like if you zoom out for a sec and you look at like the the setup and you look at like what they're doing, there's like white claw cans everywhere. They're like sitting on the beach. There's towels. You know, they've got sand in their ass. Like being on the beach. Okay. Going to the beach is fun. The worst part about the beach is walking back to your car with all your shit. It is horrible. I wish I could just leave it there and someone could just pick it up for me and do it for me because I hate that part. Because you're tired, you're sunburned, you're maybe a little tipsy, you feel your skin feels so fucking dry, you smell, you it's oily, it's horrible. It your hair is so greasy from the sunscreen and your sweat like you just like feel fucking sick I don't care like maybe this is just me I hate it I'm really you know maybe I'm not a beach gal maybe I'm a pool girl I don't know but I really I hate that walk from from the, the beach to the car it's the worst it's the worst and then we go to this bar after and I'm like this is bad the second location is always the worst. That's when shit starts to really pop off because everyone's had a couple of drinks. Everyone's hot from the sun. It's whatever, whatever. And Tom just is like, I really don't fucking miss Katie. I really don't miss her. I fucking hate Katie. I can't believe I was married to Katie. I can't believe I was with Katie. I'm like, you are a miserable person. Miserable. Granted, I do think Katie is also relatively a miserable person as well, but that's just me. Um, um at times specifically. Um, And then we we get Tom versus Lala. So Tom Schwartz comes up to James and is like trying to talk to him about what happened at the beach. And James is like, you just like, don't fucking get it, man. Like you really hurt me, you know, whatever. And Lala comes in to defend him. And then Tom goes crazy. Tom does this every once in a while. He did this on Sheena a few seasons ago where he called her a bootleg Kardashian. And, um, he loved to yell at women. These men love to yell at women. And he's like talking or she's she tells him talking to you is like talking to a farm animal. Then he hits back at her and goes, you're the personification of a sponsored post. Give them Lala. Who the fuck is Lala? And then she yells at him and she's like, open a fucking bar. You're a broke. You're a fucking loser. And then he's like, she just seems one dimensional. And she just lets him fucking have it. And I'm like, good for her. She ate him up ate him up and then sandoval comes in and is like well that's not even her real name i'm like well hmm you are fucking raquel and that's not her real name either and the producers ask him have you ever been physical with raquel and tom says no oh my god that'd be like if i like hooked up with katie (laughs) now i posted this question on my instagram and i want to get into this because I'm a little confused. I understand that things were re-edited. Possibly, probably. I get that. What I don't understand is why people seemed so bamboozled by this news. Like, why did they all act so shocked when this came out? Because it's a legit storyline. They're literally saying, I think Sandoval has a crush on Raquel. They're saying shit like this. They're like, Raquel's spending the night at Tom's when Ariana's not there. And they're all talking about it. 
I just don't get how they didn't all know. I don't understand why none of this was like really brought to Ariana's attention. I'm so confused. I don't think any of it was like pre-planned. Like, I don't think this was like a fake story. Excuse me. I don't think it was a fake storyline by any means. But it just makes me wonder, like, did it? Wasn't this like the whole storyline the whole season? Like, I don't really understand why everyone was so confused when the news came out. Because it literally was a, a whole thing. And I know that, you know, like I said, it could be edited and re-edited, whatever. But these were still real conversations that they were having with each other. And like Tamara Judge says, you can't, they can't edit what you don't say. So it's like they were saying these things. These were conversations. These were observations that were being made. And yet they were all confused and blindsided. I, I don't get it. I'm a little looking at them all a little sideways, to be honest, because I'm like, I just don't know how that even happens. Um, How you can be like, yeah, I saw them out till one in the morning. Yeah, they spent the night together alone without Ariana there, Um, you know, and then and then, you know, the filming stops and then you start to piece together. And I'm sure that there were other conversations happening when cameras were down for the last six months, you know, I mean, Tom dressed up as Raquel for Halloween. They went to music festivals together. They went to St. Louis together for Christmas. Like this was all, these were all things that were happening. And I'm sure that there were conversations. So I don't really understand how anybody could have been blindsided because it was quite literally a topic of conversation. So that's just some food for thought. Please, you know, write me, let me know what you think. A lot of you in my DMs were agreeing with me because you were all kind of like, wait, because I thought, this is kind of what I thought, before the cameras went back up, before all of that happened, I thought that it would be us, the viewers, that would like pick up on little shit that would that was going on. It was like, oh, like look at them sitting next to each other there. Like, oh, she's starting to wear the necklace here or whatever. That's what I thought we were going to have to start picking up on. I didn't think it was like full-blown conversations where Ken Todd is instructed by Lisa Vanderpump to come in and be like, did you know that that Raquel spent the night at, at Tom's in front of Katie? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't think it was going to be this blunt and this blatant, but apparently it is. And I just find that so strange. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see what you guys think. Um, but... Thank you all so much for listening today. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Media Production.